We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Prediction Strike. It's Friday, September 18th, 2020. Alex Berutha here. Across from me, Shannon McEwen, and on the line, Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! <laughs> Ken quarantined K. Train Kreitz after leaving the state, technically. True. That's um, true. So my lifestyle generally quarantine-like anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't Today we're Friday in, brewery lunch. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about news, uh, which basically comes down to playoff games. Uh, but also, uh, someone was named the MVP, and the All NBA teams were announced. So we got awards to discuss. Uh, and then for our main topic today, we're going to talk about uh, guys on non-bubble teams that you should target in fantasy next season. Um, 
So let's jump right into it. Boston, Miami. The Heat went up 2-0. Um, can I, I'm just going to let you kind of take the floor. On You're going to shine spotlight while I wallow in darkness in the valley. Black sheets of rain <laughs> pouring down on my psyche. Ah, boy, Celtics were out-hustled and out-coached in Game 2. Celtics still have no answer for Spolstra's zone defense. It's an interesting zone defense. He puts his bams in the middle, but he puts his two forwards at the front and the guards at the baseline, really guarding the corner three, not really rebounding or anything. And the Celtics can't figure it out. They keep sticking smart at the at the elbows to try to pass around it, and it's not working. Uh, so that's that's the out-coaching part. We Celtics have not figured out how to pass around that zone defense. Also, and this is my big fear going into it, uh, Boston does not have a solution for BAM. 21 points, 10 boards last night. Uh, a lot of those points were off of pick-and-roll dunks. They also had three stocks, two steals, one block. Uh, and then, man, Jimmy Butler's defense... Hands down, the biggest hustler on the court last night, especially in the fourth quarter. Then you got Duncan Robinson, who only shot threes. He attempted 12 three-pointers, hit six of them, 50%, pretty darn good. And I think it's time for us to stop calling uh, the Memphis transaction the Andre Iguodala trade. It is now officially the Jay Crowder trade. Crowder starting, played 36 minutes. Uh, They keep giving him three-pointers, and he's hitting them. Last night, 12 points, four boards, two dimes, and three important steals. Uh, Former Celtic Jay Crowder, we're seeing when he peaked with Boston just before he was uh, in that Kyrie trade that sent him to Cleveland and then Utah and then Memphis and now Miami. But this is the Jay Crowder we used to see in Boston a couple years ago. Anyway, uh, we're not out of it 2-0. But goodness gracious, last night was frustrating. Yeah, Crowder's been really good. He's been really, really good in the playoffs. Uh, kind of a throw-in. Am I wrong? But wasn't he just a throw-in in that trade, it seemed like? I, I mean, it was kind of heralded as the Iguodala trade just because of Iguodala's, like, you know, pedigree. Yeah. But people were concerned that he was kind of washed up. So, Yeah, since the start of the Bucks series, um, so seven games, he's averaged 35 minutes, 15.7 points, 5.6 rebounds, one steal, and 4.3. That can't be right. That's got to be right. Oh, my goodness. 4.3 three-pointers per game, yeah. taking, you know, taking uh, 10 attempts from downtown. He's frankly a Spolstra. He's a perfect Spolstra player. You know, and I remember with Boston, they said this. I didn't witness it, but. They kept saying, oh, he's going to be our Giannis stopper in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But yeah, he fits Falster's system perfectly. Yeah, it certainly helps that he's on fire from downtown right now. Um, you know, this is not what we're used to seeing from him. You know, he's taking 10 attempts per game and hitting 43 <laughs> yeah. percent. I would not okay. I would not call Jay Crowder a knockdown three point shooter uh, <laughs> before the second round of the playoffs. I would not have called him that. But uh, he's been that in the last seven games. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of it's just reminiscent of what happened, I think, against the Bucs, where it's just like Miami won't go away. They just look like the better team. They look like the more focused team. They play four quarters. You know, they play every minute hard. 
which you can see Boston, you know, Boston's up early, 17 points, and they just let it slip away so easily, you know, and Miami, the Heat, I mean, it was granted it was a second quarter lead, but he were totally unfazed. They never put their head down um, and just played tighter defense. The, yeah, the Boston was really unfocused. They actually shot 50% from the field, 36% from three, 80% from the free throw line. Like they made their shots. The problem was. Tampa finally shot well. Yeah. They had 11 more turnovers than Miami and uh, five fewer offensive rebounds. They got absolutely destroyed on the, in the possession game. Like Miami just got more bites A lot of those TOs were forced by the zone defense. And some of them were during that lackluster comeback, you know, when they were up 17, Wanamaker had some oddly lazy passes from Wanamaker, which you'd never see. But, uh, yes, yeah, some ugly TOs. And uh, the zone, they can't. I don't know why after two games they're so lost against that heat zone. Yeah. Um, Dragic continues to play well for Miami. 25 points and 19 shots, five assists. You mentioned Bam. Didn't get to the free throw line as much this game, but scored better from the field. Um, for Boston, Kemba Walker. It's hard Walker, to miss dunks. Hard to miss dunks. Hard to you miss go dunks. to 10 of 16 when you get five or six dunks. <laughs> I, again, a lot of these Boston guys, they shot really well. Kemba, 23 points on 19 shots. Jalen Brown, 21 points on 14 shots. Tatum, 21 points on 12 shots. That's an incredible game. But a lot of these guys, five, five Tatum, five turnovers. Tatum. Five yes. turnovers for Walker, four for Smart. Uh, those were just, oh, those were brutal. Boston really needs Gordon Hayward back for this. Well, and I, you know, maybe he'll be some bench support. I can't imagine getting heavy minutes from Hayward yet. But what were you going to say, Shannon? Sorry. I was going to ask if you thought that moved the needle, uh, Hayward returning. I he comes back. What do you? I mean, I, they certainly need some bench depth. They don't have with Smart in the starting lineup. They don't have any scores coming off the bench. Though kudos to Cantor. Enos Cantor played. Quality minutes in the first half. Went four for four. Helped with that rebounding problem you mentioned, Alex. Quickly grabbed six boards. I'm not sure why we didn't see a little more of Cantor in the second half. Uh, I'm also not sure why we never saw Robert Williams. They just went small. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Grant Williams, good D, but no O. Uh, didn't even take an attempt in 10 minutes. And... I'll say this, at least they did a lot less isolation plays. That was, and hey, that, that was a good play when, when they were down three with about half a minute left, they got the shot they wanted Jalen, you know, at least they ran a play and they got Jalen Brown, a three pointer from the corner. Brown had just hit two threes to get him back in and expecting him to hit three straight threes is probably excessive, but it was a quality shot that they had worked for that could have tied it late. Didn't go in. They, of course, didn't get the rebound. Game was kind of over then. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much Gordon Hayward lifts their intensity. Like, the issue, and I, I, I assume that's what Marcus Smart went nuts about. You know, you probably heard there was a lot of screaming in the Celtic locker room afterward. I assume that was Marcus Smart yelling at guys for not playing a full 48 minutes. They, they are not matching the Heat's intensity. I know that's kind of a cliche, but you just have to look at those two Jimmy Butler steals in the fourth to see who, what team wanted it more, what team was playing harder. I, I think Hayward does move the needle some. You know, he hasn't played in a month, but he, 
I don't think like conditioning is necessarily going to be a big issue. Maybe for the first game back, um, he won't be able to go out there and play 32 minutes, but I, I, I it doesn't month. panic with the ball, you know, and in, in a lot of ways right. when walkers in shoot first mode, Hayward's their leading playmaker and they need that. They need better playmaking to break the zone. So you're right, Shannon. I, th- I think he does I, move the needle. I just hope he can play some minutes. The first two games have been competitive. You know, you could argue the Celtics had both in hand. Celtics should have won. Game yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. And they had an opportunity to win both games. Um, I, I, I think any team, any time you can go from giving 24 minutes to Wanamaker and to give those 24 minutes to Gordon, Gordon Hayward <laughs> instead, you're going to be better off. Yeah. That's an upgrade. Yeah, at the very least, uh, Gordon Hayward will be important. If if Boston manages to get out of the series at this point, if they get to the NBA Finals, he'll be important in the NBA Finals. That's what they – you can hope he's healthy for that um, if they get there. I, I, all I care about is game three, man. Just give me uh, – Understandable. Get, get a <laughs> that is all that matters. That's all that matters. Okay. Uh, let's now, go with the Western now, That was woefully biased reporting on my part. Is there anything about the, the Heat – that I uh, overlooked that you guys think should be brought up. I'm just looking forward to seeing the most random NBA finals MVP since Iguodala won it for <sighs> Golden State. No, I mean, yeah, like hero or Crowder or somebody putting together a ridiculous four game stretch and winning. Dragic and, could get it at this point. Yeah. Dragic I mean, could get it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you're picking the heat, I would actually argue he would probably be, he or Bam would probably be the favorite. Um, yeah. Eh, eh. I don't know. I, I'm go, I'm voting Jay Crowder, NBA Finals MVP. <laughs> I think he goes eight for ten from three in Game Seven. All right, let's move on. Lakers versus Nuggets. Game one is tonight. Lakers minus seven, over under two eleven. Is that my, minus seven? It seems like that seems high. A little high. Yeah. A little high. I think I think um the Nuggets were. I think the Clippers were minus seven against um, the Nuggets in game one of that series. And I do not think the Nuggets are seven points worse than the Lakers, just like I didn't think they're seven points worse than the Clippers. Um, and also Rondo being questionable uh, with back spasms is pretty big. I think he's worth at least a point and a half the way he's playing. Cause he's, I saw some crazy stat on Rondo in the playoffs. Like the Lakers are shooting something like 58% on balls passed from Rondo. Like he's just setting up guys beautifully. He's like, I mean, he's the, he's past that point in his career where he was, where he was just like stat chasing. Right. Cause he was part of that. He was part of the big three. You know, he was like very much like that fourth guy where, uh, and then he wanted the triple doubles. Yes. And now, and then he went to new Orleans and all that. I think he's over that now. And he's just, he's just being, he's just being himself, being a good playoff player. And, I think this is huge for them if he's out because he has been consistently their third best player since he came back. It's not even close. And yeah. if he's out, then you go back to is Kuzma our third best player. I still well, I think also also you have fewer guys to guard Jamal Murray. I'm not saying Rondo's a stopper by any means, but you want to throw multiple fresh bodies to just slow down Murray. And that's just one less body that can play OK defense. You know, I mean, Rondo's. Ron was a big guy, huge wingspan. Yeah. Like he can at least get in, in people's grill and bother them and cut off passing mm-hmm. lanes. Um, and he has that crafty, like veteran knows how to foul that doesn't get yes. whistled. 
you know, like grab a jersey on the side the ump can't see, that kind of stuff. So are, are you with me on this, Shannon, where you think seven's a little high? Yeah, seven seems high. Because uh, they're like minus 550 to win the whole series, which I thought was way too high also. I think like even DraftKings might have them like minus 600 to win the series. I do think it's closer. I, it's the bubble. It's weird. We've seen how things have played out. I would almost say any series is a toss-up. Um, so I, nothing would surprise me. I mean, I, I think I believe the Lakers should be – favored to win the series and win tonight but anything anything have the lakers been sitting too long how many games have and nights have they been waiting for game one it's gotta be like five right seems like a week yeah, i don't know it seems, seems like a lot yeah they haven't played since september 12th so six days yeah that is yeah. a long time to wait mm-hmm yeah, I think after a certain point, it's like you're you you go from fresh to stale, right? And right. Uh, I think that can factor in. At least for me, like I'm also both of these teams have been like kind of towards the under in the playoffs. I'm kind of interested in the under because also I think a lot of people hit the over here because they're just exciting teams. But they can kind of I'm I'm kind of I think Anthony Davis and Jokic is interesting. That could slow them down. There's tons of stuff in this series that like is. Uh, just really fascinating to me. I don't want to belabor it too much because I talked about it on the pod with Nick, but just like how, you know, Anthony Davis against Jokic in the is regular there, season is, series, the Lakers dominated the rebounding battle. Like Jokic only averaged six and a half rebounds regular season against Lakers. Is yeah. it going to be Anthony Davis on Jokic or is it going to be McGee? They're giving McGee the start. I'm sure they'll um, switch it up once in a while. Yeah. But I was, yeah, when they go Davis at center. I do wonder how many minutes McGee and Howard are going to get, certainly right. more than the Rocket series. Um, yeah, we'll see. I wonder I wonder who'll be better. To, uh, I mean, you know, the giving of McGee is he's got fouls to give. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't care if he ten minutes, six fouls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jokic Jokic was not great against the Lakers this year. Um a couple of that, I mean, one one of the games they played four times, the fourth game being in the bubble. He played 26 minutes, 12 points, one rebound, four assists. That game almost doesn't count. Sure. That was essentially a scrimmage. You know, he had, he had a, another game where um, he had 37 fantasy points, but they also won by They beat the Lakers by 24 points that game. That game. So it was a blowout. I think LeBron might have sat that game. Yeah, that's possible. And, the, and then the other two games were close, and Jokic had a subpar game. And then went off for 54 fantasy points. Uh, it's it's tough to get a read on. When I look at the overall pitcher and his overall performance against the Lakers in those four games, I like for a single slate contest tonight, I was immediately avoiding him. But mm-hmm. when I look at it more on an individual game basis, I I don't think you can necessarily do that. Yeah, DFS is tough with single game slate. Like at this point, it's just I'm more interested in like player props because I. Yeah, there's yeah, so much. There's too much game theory in the showdown for me to be like really enamored and put like so much time into it, because I just end up, inevitably end up playing someone ridiculous like at captain. If we're if we're talking like DraftKings or something, it's like, well, I, I guess I'm making like Gary Harris my oh. captain because of game theory. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Yeah, I I will say for the for the single game slate on FanDuel tonight. I do like there's a set a group of five players I like. I, I like this five Murray, James, 
Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and Michael Porter. That fits. And, yeah, that fits. Mm. And and then it's just basically determining, you know, who you're going to have in each slot. Um, yeah. And I'm juggling things around. We'll see. I'm going to change things. I might get crazy and throw Porter. Because if you have Porter in your lineup, whether it's in a util spot or you have him in the MVP, all, the star or pro spot, you're ba- you're banking on him having one of his giant games. Like, even if you yeah. have a new till, you think he's going to go off for one of his giant games. So if he goes off for one of his giant games, maybe it'll pay off to have him as your MVP or your star or your pro even. So I, I, I'm playing around with things. Right now, I've got Murray as the MVP. That's what I would do. Yeah. and But we'll see. I, I'm yeah. probably going to toy around with it, maybe throw in multiple lineups. Murray. You, you should be on defense. Do you think they can hide Porter by putting him on Danny Green? Oh. I think you could hide my mom. By putting her on Danny Green. <laughs> but you you'd probably have Millsap and Grant trying to slow down Davis, right? I mean, they're not going to, but just meaning yeah. we'll see who else is out there when Porter's out there. But Bob's like 68 now. Her wingspan is down. <laughs> the vertical is not what it used to be. Yeah. Or so. <laughs> Shorter every time I see her. <laughs> Got a lung dart sticking out of her mouth. No, not, not, not these days. Not these days. Uh, okay, good, good. We had the all NBA teams announced I think yesterday or the day before. First team, Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, Giannis Atentacumpo, Anthony Davis. Second team, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic. Third team, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Rudy Gobert. This is the 16th All-NBA team for LeBron. He's going to finish second in MVP voting, which I think he did because Giannis just got announced uh, MVP. Also, right before we started this podcast, LeBron has been the top 10 in MVP voting every year of his career, except for last season where he was 11th but was hurt. Uh, Top 5 and 14 of the 17 seasons. That's all per Nick Whalen, who is our uh, resident LeBron fan. Um. Nice Nick also wrote notable omissions being Bradley Beal and Chris Middleton. Do you agree in terms of, do you think those guys should be in there? Is there anybody just basically, do you think these all NBA teams, Shannon, I'll start with you are, do they make sense on the surface and are there guys that you would have liked to see in like Beal or Middleton? I, I want to say just, you know, this doesn't include bubble play, right? This does is not, all, this is all pre and we can get to that. Yeah. This is all anything that happened be- before mid March. So, with that in mind, like when I when I factored in bubble and playoffs and I saw Siakam, that was the first one that raised my eyebrow a little bit. But if you just factor in pre, you know, right. pre shutdown, mm-hmm. he's fantastic and deserving of being on one of the top, mm-hmm. you know, the second or thirteen. <laughs> but CP3 and Westbrook, I can't it's hard for me to make an argument for either one of those guys to be on the second or thirteen. Not when you have guys like Beal. I mean Beal Beal was like ridiculous stats this year he's the first person ever to average what he averages at 36 and 5 or whatever it is but i assume there's a bias for being on a winning team no i get that i get that that's understandable but what he did like has never been done and then not made one of the all nba teams you know one's ever done that and not made an all nba team it doesn't matter what their record is I, i i'm sorry he was too good to be left off of these top 15 players. Just too good. And CP3, 
CP3, CP3, yeah, OKC surprised. They were better than everyone thought, but it's not like they won 60 games. It's not like he was out there averaging 25 points per. Yeah, he, he was he was good. He was what you would expect, but he wasn't, I, in my opinion, was not all NBA caliber. Same for Westbrook. Also, Westbrook missed some games. I I don't like it at all. I think Beal, based on just his individual success, Chris Middleton, based on individual success and team success, and then a guy like Devin Booker, mm-hmm. absolutely would have had him on over CP3 and Westbrook as well. I yes, a lot of team context goes into this. Like when you have a better season than expected, like the Raptors did, people thought that people were down on the Raptors. Siakam, best player on the team, they put him in there. Same with CP3, best player on the team for a team that had low expectations. I'm, I'm with you on Westbrook for sure. I'm like pretty out on Westbrook. I say this all the time. I think Booker could have easily made it over Westbrook. I would have also understand Chris Middleton and Bradley Beal over Westbrook. I still think Chris Paul should have made it. I know it's probably a little bit of a lifetime achievement award, but he was awesome. Um, and it was definitely better than Westbrook. So yeah, those three guys, Beal, Middleton, um, Booker are the three guys. I think that really got snubbed. Um, Trey Young's another one. Yeah. That series. I don't care about team context. I really don't like if you are that good on an individual basis, I believe you should be one of the, one of these guys listed. Yeah, I mean, I, he was, if we're talking fantasy, he was seventh in per game value this year, Trey Young. Better than, he was seven spots, six spots higher than Giannis in fantasy. Um, so, yeah, if you don't care, like, really about team context at all or wins, losses, et cetera, then, yeah, like, Trey Young for sure. I It's it's not that I don't care about the team. No, I know context, what you mean, but, but when the stats yes, are that good. But when the stats are that good, like, I just think he tossed it out the window. Uh, Ken, what do you think? Not a huge. I'm not. You guys get more heated about these than than I do. <laughs> you, know, I just, I, you know, I know there's some contract bonuses uh, at play here. I, I am big on winning teams versus not winning. You know, Beal just doesn't get that many shot attempts on a good team. Um, Middleton, yeah, probably did get jobbed, but uh, Middleton was 50, 40, 90 on us, basically a 70 yeah, win team. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So he probably deserves it, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't get as heated about these as you guys, but uh, I so sorry. I, yeah. I mean, the reason I, I don't care as far as like guys contracts or whatever, I think that's ridiculous that it's even in those contract clauses anyway. But like, you know I what? I don't this. go ahead. You know, what was I saying? the one thing I just don't get about these awards and same and, and not just basketball, all sports. I hate it when they say. And, you know, these were voted on before the playoffs. What do you mean? They play us the most important games of the year. And we're not going to consider those, you know, like to me, Siakam having a bad series against Boston. That's a thing. (laughs) You know, that's something that should be on his resume. So in general, with these awards, I don't like the fact that they don't include the postseason. They could do. I feel like they have room to do a all playoff first and second team or something like that. Um, sure. I mean, I mean, then you're just watering down the more awards you yeah. have you water down each one. I, I, to me, it's like, just include the playoffs like Lillard's run in the bubble was I amazing. Mean, I, you know, that's, that's I think, count. yeah. And I still think Lillard could be on the first team over Doncic personally. I think it's really close for them, but I, I think even he could have, I think that bubble will, this bubble play will have put him over Doncic. 
even though Doncic played well in the bubble too. It's just what Damian Lillard did again in the team context. But I care about these a lot, and I think a lot of other people do because we look back on them in the future to try to like make sense of the league at the time. Well, Hall, of we're fame, yeah, Hall of players. Fame ballot. It's huge for Hall of Fame stuff. Hall of Fame ba- ballot or who was better than who. You know, if I'm trying to look back at the 1972 season, I wasn't there. I have no idea who, you know, like I can look at stats. I can look at box scores or whatever, yeah. but I have to trust that no, the it's reporters, all relative. It's got to be relative for yeah. the players in your era. I have to trust that the reporters who were there and were watching a ton of the games and lived the thing at that time were voting the correct players in who deserved to be there. So that when I look back and I see player X made seven all NBA teams in the seventies, I can be like, okay, this guy was awesome. And so if someone in 2045 looks back at this season and, you know, sees Westbrook in there over like Beal, they're going to just think Westbrook was unquestionably better than Beal or whatever. The, right, you, right. you know what I mean? You know what and I'm getting at. One, one last guy I'll throw out there is Bam Adebayo. Yeah. I, I, I believe I, I firmly believe that with Bam, if you just looked at 20 this season, the 2019, 2020 season. I think he would have got in over Gobert, but they the voting they want you know Gobert's familiar. He's been he's been in this mix for a, a couple of years, few years now, yeah. and and he's also high up there in the defensive player of the year voting. Yeah, but I think if it were just this one season that they were looking at, that Bam would have got more votes and got in over Gobert. I it's close I think because I remember it looking very, at it. It's very very close. I mean it's 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 it's. Either or I because I'm not saying it's it's a injustice or anything along those lines. Right. But I personally would have put Bam in over. Well, Bam is sure as heck proving his worth now. Yes. On a bigger stage. So good for him. Um, OK, so we'll uh, yeah, we kind of discussed how things would be different after the seeding games, after the playoffs. Um, we got announcement before the pod, like we alluded to, that Giannis just won his second consecutive MVP. No surprise. No don't surprise. really have. I don't really have a take on that. It was deserved. It's a regular season award. It was obviously great during the regular season. Had one of the best seasons ever, just pure stats-wise, for a great team. Um, I don't really ever think it was an argument. Yeah. As good as Middleton was, you, you pointed out his awesome percentages, Davis is still a better number two guy. Oh yeah, I mean Davis is all NBA first team. Exactly, uh, that's my point. Like, and whether it's fair to LeBron or not, hey, LeBron's got plenty of accolades. So, I think you're... so Giannis in his age 24 season, he he only played 30.4 minutes per game this year, which is the lowest total since his rookie season. Um, and these are his per 36 mm-hmm. averages for the year. 34.9 points, 16.1 rebounds, 6.6 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.2 blocks, 1.7 three-pointers, shooting 55, 63, and 30%. Um, yeah, those, those free throw and three-point percentages aren't great, but 35, 16, and 6, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just absurd. So any anyone arguing, you know, for the team that had the best record in the NBA, anyone arguing that he should not have won regular season MVP is a fool. Well, more importantly, is Giannis in Milwaukee two years from now? I think so. You but, think he's going to stay? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, 
I don't know. I mean, the reality is, I if we're talking just like pure how the NBA works at this point, these guys always get their money first, and then if they're unhappy, they demand out. Um, so I think he'll be there. Ah, uh, so you see, he, you say he signs his max deal this offseason. He either signs the max deal or he does the like LeBron thing where it's like the one plus one to keep the team uh, to keep the team on edge and to get his money. Because the way the, the the cap increases, there's some financial stuff that other people that people have wrote about, like Bobby Marks for ESPN, where like, yeah, it's safer if he does the five year max. But in reality, even if he does the one plus one stuff gets hurt one year someone still would still sign him to the supermax he's young as like durant still got signed to the supermax he tore his achilles at 30 years old so if you're just really about maximizing money then Giannis can do what lebron's done for a long time i think the bucks are the bucks brass will sit down with Giannis. Oh, they already have this offseason yeah, again have. i mean more thoroughly multiple yeah, yeah, yeah. times sit down yeah, with him. <laughs> not, not just not just the one time right. all right yes. but sit down with him and really go over who do, want, his house. who do you want us to bring in? What do we need to do to this roster to make yeah. things work? And that'll happen. And I think they'll make some adjustments. You know what those adjustments will be? Who knows? It, it, they don't have a ton of right. attractive pieces to, to yeah. you know, to throw in. Like, yeah, some people might like Defenzo. Oh. No one's trading for Bledsoe. Yeah. For example. I, I don't right. know. Bledsoe's not, he's not necessarily overpaid. If you look at the tier of player he is, he's pretty much like properly paid. But the playoff, like his playoff performances are I, I'm playoff not saying, chokes is I the concern. Want, I don't yeah. want my team to trade for him. But <laughs> right. Exactly. They're going to have to look at something. They're like, do we trade? Well, you'd rather have Bledsoe than Derek Rose starting for your Pistons next year. Oh, I would. No, I no. would actually. Really? After watching both of them play this season? No. Rose is going <laughs> to. No. It, how many I'm games? Not, I don't want either one. Playing. I don't want Ken. I don't want either one. All right. <laughs> I don't want either. I already said I want I want Russell Westbrook, Fred Van Fleet. All right. Fred um, Van Fleet does seem like a natural signing for you guys. You should have plenty of cap space, I would think. They do. They have tons. They have one of the one of the Griffin contract. It's Christian Wood and. Yeah, but they don't. They aren't paying anyone else. That's Griffin's like the only person they're paying. So yeah. they actually have tons of cap room. Um, I think they can sign two guys to like $20 million deals. Something <laughs> absurd. Uh, <laughs> annually. All right. So, yeah, I, di- I just think the Bucks might have to make some moves. They're going to have to get really creative to do it. Find someone that's willing to overpay for Middleton or something. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It'll be interesting. It's tough. Like, Bledsoe's a guy where you, he's like, oh, well, two-time all-defensive, back-to-back. But the reality is, any time we see him in the playoffs, his offense is so bad it doesn't make up for his defense. Like you can be a two-time defensive player, but he's so bad at offense yeah. in the playoffs that it just is not. It doesn't matter. Like he's or, a or how player. about this? I mean, how much Bledsoe's defense do they need? You know what I mean? They've got stoppers at every other position. You know, like what the Heat are proving is, you can hide one or two defenders if they're elite at something else. You know, with Robinson and Hero. Yes. Shooting, you can hide those guys. You know. Uh, Whereas if is Bledsoe's talent sort of redundant on that roster versus would you rather have more of just a pure shooter guy? Um, 
you yeah. know, an yeah. adequate at the distrib- all distribution, adequate at defense. In, in Bledsoe's three years with the Bucks in the playoffs, he's averaging 13 points on 41% shooting, 25% from three, 73% from the free throw line. That's that's you can't. Everyone rags on Bledsoe's fit next to Giannis, and I'm not saying that isn't justified. I agree with it, but I don't think we talk about Middleton's fix fit next to Giannis as much. I the more I've watched the Bucks, the more I feel like his heavy isolation play, the way he holds the ball, maybe that doesn't fit that well next to Giannis. <laughs> maybe maybe this team long term would have been better off going with Brogdon instead of Middleton. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. I, yeah, because no one, yeah, because no one argues, no one argues Bledsoe over like Middleton's Brogdon, great. I'm but... not saying Middleton isn't great. He's good. I like him as a player, but I, I don't know. It's, it's not just Bledsoe. I think there's multiple pieces that aren't necessarily the best fit to optimize a lineup around Giannis. And that's the goal. That's the goal is optimizing the lineup around Giannis. Well, they just give Pat Connaughton more minutes. Everything will figure itself out. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. Yeah, moving on, we have a word from our friends at Prediction Strike. They are a fantasy sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Did you have stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year? You knew this would happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE, that's R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, to get an additional $10 additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. So our main topic today, players to target in 2020-21, which I think will just end up being called the 21 season. There's too many 20s going on here. But it seems <laughs> like this whole season 21. will... Might start yes. in 21. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, non-bubble teams, players to target in fantasy next season. And we're not we're not going to try to we're not going to come out here and say, hey, you should look at Brad Beal. Or like, hey, I hear that Trey Young's good. Trey Young, seventh in fantasy last year, kind of a sleeper. Um, <laughs> we're going to go a little deeper than that. Um, because at deeper. this point, there's only six people listening to our show. <laughs> they all know Proudly Beal and Trey Young. Uh, Shannon, why don't you, why don't you kick us off with right. some guys? Let's start with the bulls. Cause I know Ken wants to mention someone from, from that team as well. Uh, Kobe white. I, one of my favorites, I love him second year. Uh, I, I fully expect he's going to show some natural progression and I love him as fantasy option. I think the scoring and the three pointers are obviously going to be there. You know, it's how much can he improve on, on his playmaking, some of the other aspects. Um, and then the other two guys from the Bulls that I like a lot are Markinen and Wendell Carter. You know, based on their performances this past season, they're going to both come at a discount next year. All but the Bulls I, are, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, those two, those two guys have, you know, top 50 upside, but you're not going to have to draft them in the top 50 picks. 
And based on their rankings from the past season, it's basically they're they're ranked right in that same like 100 range based on per game averages. Um, I like both of them a lot next year, and I I would I would be amazed if I don't have the pair or at least one of the two on almost every damn team I draft. What bums me out about Wendell Carter's injuries is I feel like he needed the playing time more to develop his offensive game at the NBA level. And he's just not getting the games to do so. I think that was the big question mark coming out of college. Um, I hope for both, both those guys sake, they're healthy next season, but Carter still needs some game to work on the O Carter. Yeah. He's, he's a sleeper, but I'm not, not banking on him to wake up. Like he's a guy I want in dynasty. I'm still a little worried for next season. I'd, I'd be, I'd still be more targeting guys like Markinen, who has had, I think he had a top 60 season rookie year, right? Per was... game. Um, Iowa Porter's had top 40 seasons. I think he's had top 20 seasons. If we're talking totals, um, Levine's obviously good. Kobe white. We alluded to Kobe white's last nine games, 26 points, uh, on 20 shots, four rebounds, four assists. So, and they have a new coach as well. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they might play more up and down, actually. Like, they score a lot of points because they just chuck up shots, but they were – Jim Boylan tried to slow them down as much as possible. So if they get a new coach in there who goes run and gun with this team – And puts Markin at the five, which might also hurt Carter if they do that, if they yeah. decide to run and gun. Uh, well, hey, I'm gonna, yeah, I have Porter on my list, Chicago's forgotten man. This is actually a contract year for Otto Porter. He's going to take – I assume he's taking his $20 million-plus player option for next season – if he hasn't Probably. done so already. <laughs> um, only played 14 games last year, but he did play the last five before the March sports stoppage, proving he was healthy, had a lot of minutes in those games. So uh, I think Otto Porter should be perfectly healthy uh, and coming from nowhere. I don't think anyone's going to remember Otto Porter. So I just like the ability, I think, to probably get a starter, to get a 30-minute game guy really late in the draft. And I think Porter could be that Porter's last two full seasons in Washington. He was top 45. Yeah. So again, Get he's that there. 12th, you think 10th, 12th round could be realistic, right? Oh, I mean, I would draft him like eighth round probably, if not sooner. I mean, I think it's really hard to like get true sleepers these days in fantasy. Cause there's just like a saturation of information. There's so many places where you can look, but yeah, I mean, I would draft Otto Porter, yeah, I think I think seventh round is probably like close to where he'll end up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, th- I think the Bulls are going to be a team to capitalize on come draft season, fancy draft season. Yeah, because I mean, new there's going to be a new head head coach in place, and Presumably a faster pace, right? Yeah, a- absolutely. Given their talent, you'd you'd expect that to be the case. And you know, when I see when I see all these guys, you know, Markinen played under thirty minutes per game. Carter under 30 minutes and under 30 minutes a game, partially because of their injuries and the fact that both had trouble staying healthy this past season. You know, Porter, same same deal. He he played last minutes because he was coming off a long term injury. And if all of these guys start seeing more minutes, I mean, Porter's definitely going to see an increase on the 24 minutes per game he averaged yeah. this past season. If all of these guys, their top five players, start playing. 32, 33 minutes per game, their stats are going to be much better than what we saw this season. All right, Alex, I don't know if, take us take us to a new team. You've got some uh, two Midwesterners on your list. Which which do you want to start with? 
I do. Uh, Malik Beasley, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, yeah, starting for, shooting guard. Starting shooting guard, and I, they're pretty capped out. I think so. I don't. I think he'll be he'll be locked in there. I don't really think they're putting anybody else significant on this team. I think they're. I think they got D'Angelo Russell and Cat, and then everyone else. But Beasley last season, once he got traded to Minnesota, like like 20, 20.7 points. Uh, that was 3.5 threes per game. I think he was shooting nine or ten per game. 5.1 rebounds, 1.9 assists. Just someone who, like, based on what we saw last season, should be the third guy on this team. Also, James Johnson, um, kind of interesting. Should should at least get some like uh, late round selections because he played pretty well. I think he averaged like 14 and six, one and a half steals one and a half blocks so i think i think those guys those two but especially malik beasley some worth targeting beasley hit 42.6 percent of his three pointers in 14 games with the t wolves always been a great three-point shooter launched a ton up when he was with denver didn't see a lot of time in the court but like he just chucks threes up yeah i'm a big fan of beasley as well um you know it's largely dependent though on on what minnesota does with their their first overall draft pick um, true it's true for a lot of these bubble teams, frankly. You know, you've got you've got Not Anthony bubbles. Edwards and Lamelo <laughs> Ball are two of the top guys projected to go. Yeah. Early in the draft, a, I I think a team could actually get away with playing Beasley at the three. Sure. With next to Ball, especially because Ball's six eight. I mean, mm. he has he has the length to play two. I mean, he has the length to play the three as well. But I mean, he needs to bulk up some more. Um. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I don't I don't like I the idea of developing any shooting guard or wing next to D'Angelo Russell. Russell, right. your classic shoot first point guard. He's not worried about hitting that shooter in stride or at the perfect entry point. You know, I just he's worried I, about his numbers. I just don't like ball for them because ball needs the ball because he cannot shoot at all. <laughs> and D'Angelo Russell like? loves the ball um, and you, you want the ball in his hands. So it's like, I just, that's too redundant. So yeah, Anthony Edwards, I think probably makes more sense for them. Or even if they're getting weird wise men and then you can just try some like trade weird down. big lineup yeah. or trade down. Like, um, but uh, my second guy, uh, Luke Kennard, I got Detroit. I know I don't, <laughs> Shannon doesn't feel as strong about Kennard as I do and has watched more than him, but Kanar only played 28 games this season due to injury, so he's very out of everyone's mind. He was 101st in per game. I think he's 24 years old. Um, 15, 8, 15.8 points per game on 44, 40, 89 shooting, 4.1 assists, three and a half rebounds, 2.6 threes. Um, should just be the third, like a really good third option for this Pistons team, and that's assuming Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin are healthy at any given time, and when. Not if one of those or both of those guys get hurt, then Kennard just steps up into a bigger role. And, well, and that, that's part of the, you know, that's part of the thing I, I want to highlight with Kennard is he's a good player. He's fine. But when he was really clicking last season, it was when Rose and Griffin were hurt. <laughs> like neither one of those guys were playing or at least one of them was out. Those were the times that Kennard had big games. He's just not as effective overall or as, as a fantasy option when he is that third option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I would be I like him as a player. I think he can put up similar per game value from what he did 
this past season, but expecting him to improve on that uh, is it's a, it's a little bit too optimistic for my in my opinion. So you're drafting him tenth round, just hoping, but not really any earlier than that. Yes. Yeah, that I like him sense. in that range. That makes sense. Uh, Ken, who else you got? Who else do I have? Well, uh, I got. I'm going to go to Charlotte. And I think Devontae Graham is the obvious choice. Charlotte, another team where let's see where that draft pick winds up. But uh, I like P.J. Washington, only 22 years old. Uh, His last 11 games, 14.6 points, 5.4 boards, two and a half assists, 2.5 threes and a half block a game. I do fall in love with guys that have the potential for threes and blocks. Uh Anyway, I'm, uh, you know, and you know, we always talk about sophomores get overly ignored because everyone's excited about the rookie class. I feel like PJ Washington could be one of those sophomores uh, that slips lower than he should in drafts. Washington is good. Uh, can play the four and the five. Um, really interesting, just like guy long term. Could be like that six man front court guy. But yeah, they're going to play him a ton. And he's good spot up guy. Like you mentioned, he can get some blocks. Good all around guy. Um, I'm hoping he I'm hoping he gets the sophomore bump in his shot and free throw percentage. They're pretty mediocre at 45 and 65. But uh, that's not too uncommon for rookies to struggle a little from the field. Right. Um, So I think he's he's definitely a good option. Um, Shannon, take us take us through the rest of your list. Oh, man. Uh just briefly, I want to mention how good John Collins was this past yes. season. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, everyone knows who he is, but he was, I mean, per game value, he was essentially like a top 10, top 15 player. Uh, I don't think he'll be drafted in the first rounds or anything crazy. So if you're landing John Collins, like at the end of your second round next year, you're doing good. Do you have any concern about Capella? That mostly for Collins, like rebounding and shot blocking. Cause they'll probably play him at the four. Not necessarily. I guess my, my hope is that John Collins continues to develop as a three point shooter. Um, he knocked down 1.4, three pointers per game this past season on 40%. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping that kind of offsets it. If his blocks yeah. go, go down a little bit, um, maybe that extra length of his playing the four will lead to some more steals. Um, sure. but I, I'm a big fan of John Collins. I think he's going to, continue to provide just tremendous value and where he's going to likely be selected in drafts will probably be a nice, nice price. Um, one of my favorites, Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. just uh, unbelievably underrated season. Um, yeah, he was actually good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, <laughs> finally someone else. He's not a point guard. I oh. feel like Sexton could be the poster boy for non bubble teams and players being ignored or being undervalued it's it, it's just he's he's good he scores man 20 21 three and three one steal 1.5 three pointers i think the three pointers have come along he hit threes in his, his rookie season as well i think Only 21 despite two years under his belt yeah exactly i mean he was super efficient 47 percent from the floor 85 percent from the line 38 percent from downtown i I mean, his stats only got better and better as the season went on. 
I just I love everything about the guy. I mean, even looking at the past, you know, look at the last 12 games of the season and he was at 25 points. I don't expect him to ever be a big assist guy, but he's going to score and he's going to do it efficiently for for a person in the guard spot. His so, first his first month or two as a rookie were so ugly that yeah. it has people biased against and we talk about that sophomore bump in percentages for Washington. Sexton's kind of the uh, yeah. exam, you know, uh, exhibit a the blueprint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing happened with Darren Fox. Darren Fox was not good his rookie year. No. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like became a top player. Uh, yeah. Sexton ranked 83rd on a per game basis last season. And Shannon, you're right in terms of like, they don't expect him to pass because they drafted Darius Garland. <laughs> right. Like they clearly think Sexton's a shooting guard, which isn't a bad thing because they can focus on that more. Um, shooting guard. who can handle the ball a little. But yeah, I mean, if you draft Sexton, yeah, Sexton's like a perfect eighth round, ninth round guy to target. If he's there, like just take him because what, sure what other guy are you drafting in that round other than like Wiggins, who's going to score like 20 points? Yeah. And he sure as heck going to get his minutes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, early projections, if I just off the top of my head, thinking about like projections for points scored and in the the caveat of who they add, who the Cavs add this offseason who they who departs if Kevin Love gets traded um, obviously applies. But I mean, just off the top of my head, if I'm thinking how many points per game am I going to project this guy for like it would probably be like 22, 23 points. And I think that's a totally reasonable projection. Here's another positive. Like He's going to score a lot. Has not missed a game in his first two seasons. 82 games his rookie year, 65 out of 65 year two. Yeah. In total value, he was uh 40th no yeah 46 this year because he didn't get hurt and yeah. even they didn't, they didn't go availability the baby 46 hey um, i mean Lori market and colin sexton i'm going with sexton just because he's gonna play availability yeah um all right now i'm gonna throw out one last guy and this this actually i'm curious about the entire team <laughs> um but rj barrett mm-hmm all right, we can we can all you know Ooh, talk about non-bubble teams. Are we getting our laughs out of the way? Is that the first thing? <laughs> on the surface, didn't make the all-rookie teams. It which on the surface, you know, fourteen points, five rebounds, two and a half assists, one steal per game. Not bad, not bad for a nineteen-year-old kid. Right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He only shot forty percent from the floor. Yeah, he only shot 61% from the free throw line and 32% from three-point. But do do we have any faith in R.J. Barrett improving? You know, he had the talent. He was one of the biggest recruits going into college. He was number three overall pick in the draft last year. He's got a new coach. And this is why, team-wide, I'm kind of curious about it, how you guys feel. With, with Thibodeau coming on board for the Knicks, you know, we got guys like R.J. Barrett. Mitch Robinson was very up and down. Are these are these guys going to be better and get unleashed under Thibodeau? They're going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah, that's they're great. They're going to play a lot of defense. If Thibodeau you know, wear them into the ground, that's if good. Mi- if Mitch Rob gets a lot of minutes, do you know what oh, that yeah. means? Oh, yeah. It's oh. it's Mitchell Robinson season again. Yeah. yeah. Um. You don't Barrett, think they should play 87-year-old Taj Gibson as a starter? <laughs> never understood never that last year. Never understood that. Drove me crazy. As far as Barrett goes, 
he since he can't shoot threes, he needs the ball in his hands, right? Thankfully, turnovers don't count in eight cat because he's not <laughs> commits turnovers. But he's a DeRozan type, right? Needs the ball in his hands, gets to the That's, free throw I don't line. think you mean that as a compliment. Uh, DeRozan's a good player. But I think I think Barrett's ceiling is really, really capped because his, his scoring is so reliant on his ability to get to the free throw line. And then he's a garbage free throw shooter. And <laughs> he was a garbage free throw shooter in college. Yeah. And he's garbage this year. And so, like, he got to the free throw line four and a half times per game his rookie year. Not a lot of guys do that. He's really talented at that. He's got plenty of size. I saw him in person in summer league. He is big. But if you're if you're scoring 15, 16, 17 points a game, getting to the free throw line five or six times, but you're hitting 62 percent of your you're, he's basically Giannis out there, yeah. like free throw wise. We so he to, can get rebounds and he can get yeah. you some assists and he'll get you points. But like there's just a really, I think, hard cap on his ceiling that he's just not going to be able to get through because he. I mean, he'll he, probably get the sophomore bump, but <laughs> sadly, it'll be to 42 and 65. Well, because he, I mean, well, he only shot 67% from the free throw line in college. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. He, he like needs that to would... improve his shot. He, if he improves his shot, then that upside. <laughs> right. Right. It, it goes up quite a bit, but he, he, that's what, that's his main. But RJ Barrett is that guy that someone in every league always drafts too high. Nick's fan or just, you know, the media attention New York gets. Well, he's the third overall pick. You just fig- people just assume. Like, well, he's yeah. got to be good, right? I right. mean, he's going to be he's going to be a late round dart next year. He's going to be. But someone's going to take him twenty picks ahead of Malik Beasley, <laughs> right? In your you'd rather league, have yeah. Beasley. You'd rather have Beasley. There's no way. Like his, he, he's not going to he's not going to be getting picked next year. Uh, in a lot of ten teamers and twelve teamers, uh, he it's tough. I don't know. I, I, here's I'm a, here's a number three pick. People just. People will just obsess about number three pick. Huge I've leap. Got, Go Knicks. I've got a comp for you. All right. And this actually applies to it's to drafts and the value we saw. So here, here's a guy, rookie year, selected near the top of the draft, just like Barrett. His rookie season, nine, nine and a half points, four rebounds, two assists, half a steal, half a block. He shot 40, 62, and 29. He was the number two overall draft pick in 2016. The most improved player in the NBA this year, Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Mm. Uh his sophomore season. So he went from 40, 62, 29, basically the exact same thing we just saw from Barrett coming, coming from the exact same college. All right. And then his sophomore season, 16 points, Five rebounds, four assists. His efficiency improved 47, 68, 39. And then we all know what Ingram is a couple years after that. You know, like we like I just said, he was the most improved player this year. He averaged 24, 6, and 4. I, I don't think we should write off Barrett. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I'm not going to overdraft him next year. I'm not going to expect him to be a starting player for my fantasy squad. But as a depth option, as a bench player, someone I can grab in one of the last three rounds, I am going to target him because the talent's there. He wouldn't have been picked. He wouldn't have been heavily recruited by Duke. He would not have went top three in the draft unless there was talent there. So 
I'm going to draft that talent, especially late in drafts, and hope that we get a sophomore breakout that we, you know, similar to what we saw with Ingram. That's a great comp, actually. I think it's the best argument anyone's ever made for Barrett in terms of like he'll be better as a sophomore that I've heard. Because I'm a non-believer in general, because I didn't really like him coming out of high school either. But like, yeah, Ingram had the same season, essentially. There's other guys that are similar too. I mean, you can even look at like Justice Winslow, you know, efficiency issues. There's some other things that you might have liked with the guy like Winslow well, that 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 Barrett doesn't necessarily have like defensive intensity intensity. But you know, Winslow was 42, 68, and 27 percent. And well, Winslow you know, was drafted for his defense. I know, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm arguing like this well, another Winslow guy. would be a he, negative. He become a better shooter too. Yes. Yeah. He became a better <laughs> shooter. And he wasn't even even his second year in the NBA. Winslow actually regressed with shooting. I mean, he was thirty six percent. Oh boy, Winslow's not just a positive top here, you know, especially for fantasy. But these, quit while we're ahead. these guys continue to be drafted. You know, their second, third, yeah. like Ingram and Winslow, they they had value elsewhere because overall their talent was enough to be. At least impact your fantasy squad <laughs> in some areas. So I, I I just don't you know don't write off Barrett. Uh, don't heavily invest in him. Uh, I'm I'm gonna grab him with with if he's there. My last two or three picks for a bench spot. I will 100%. grab him. Yes. Every time I can. Sure. And then you can cut if he's if he can't shoot. He's the first guy you drop. Who cares? There you go. Um, one last. This is a theoretical person, Shannon. You have Golden State Warriors first round pick on your list. Yeah, I wanted to try just highlight uh, one player from every non-bubble team. Uh, that counts and, to me. And and I, you know, with Golden State's roster, that's the only person I, I'm like I'm interested in talking about. We all know what Draymond and Clay and Steph are gonna do. There's no reason to talk about those guys. But you know, I you know Wiggins, we know what he's gonna do as well. But what about that? whoever golden state picks in the first round, whether it's the number two selection or if they trade down get someone else uh, in particular, if it's a big man, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm really interested. I mean, if they draft a big man early in round one, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think that guy's going to be a popular target in fancy drafts. That doesn't strike me though, as a guy that'll be under the radar. Like we need to remember, like he's going to be very super buzzy. Well, he's got to be buzzy, yeah. I mean, it, let's just let's say it, if it's Wiseman, all right. Do it. My my assumption is Wiseman gets in very early in the season, works his way into the rotation, the starting lineup above Marquise Chris, and becomes a fancy impact player. But I'm also doubtful that whoever the rookie is, that they'll start from day one as well. I mean, the only way they might start from day one is if this team gets crazy and they actually select LaMelo Ball <laughs> and run out. I, I cannot even imagine. They're too well run to do that, aren't they? I, I don't know. I mean, they might just look at it and be like, none of these other guys are talented enough. He's going to get us the most in, ret- in return for a trade, whether it's before the season starts, you know, after year one, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I feel like they almost be more likely to draft the Israeli guy, Denny Avija. I can't pronounce his last name, but I just don't think I just don't think ball makes sense for them. I, I would love to see Wiseman there. I think it'd be interesting, but um, yeah, 
I mean, ball's length has me intrigued. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm dead serious. Six, eight. Like if they, if they were just be like, screw it, we're going to draft ball. We're going to make this dude bulk up and he's going to play small forward in the NBA. Like that would be extremely I mean, interesting to me. We've seen Lonzo. Lonzo bulked you up. Know, he plays some wing defense. He, he basically becomes like uh, their version of T-Mac. <laughs> Man, you see the picture I'm painting for like, yeah, Wiggins and Clay, the they're, gonna, they're not going to move ball to small forward. No, I mean, he, has, he needs like two years to bulk up. Ken, aren't you listening? No. They're just going to put him in the weight room for two years. They're going to trap years. him in there with like, you know, burritos. <laughs> personal pizza. weight quarantine. You can't leave this room. Yeah. A 700 day quarantine <laughs> at gym. I, I, I'm sure his dad would be fine with that. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right. They're just gonna they're gonna trade uh, Draymond Green and the number two overall pick to uh, Minnesota for for Cat or something crazy like that. <laughs> they might shop it. I'm interested to see what they do. Okay, so we're we're basically wrapped up here. Normally this is where we talk about DFS. Shannon already kind of previewed this DFS lineup, uh, which I like. Um, and I talked that about the lineup again, Shannon. Yeah. So. Uh, Five players are Jamal Murray, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Michael Porter. A lot of people are going to have that lineup. Yeah. So how does that fit? I still can't believe that fits. And you have yeah. you have Murray at MVP. Murray at MVP right now. That's what and, see. That's what I would do. And basically, I'm just tinkering around with you know, it, like I said, whether you have Michael Porter in the util or one of the MVP star or pro spots, like you're banking on him to go off and have one of his 40 point fantasy outings. So I, I think where you slot him in is going to lead to whether that's going to result in whether or not you have a, a big pain, a big payoff. I, it's tough. I, I mean, you could get ballsy and throw him in at star MVP or pro if you want. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Yeah, because like you mentioned, a lot of people are going to have that lineup. So you have to kind of do something to differentiate. <clears throat> and putting Murray at MVP is kind of like that works. Because I, I saw yesterday, I was talking about this with Nick. There's a player prop for Murray as the top point scorer in that game yeah. at five to one, and I'm all over that because I feel like if this is a five game series, Murray's going to be the top point scorer in one of those games, right? Like, there's no way Murray is not the best player in one of these games in this series. So if you just smash five lineups with Murray at MVP, one of these games it has to hit, right? It's just a matter of getting the rest of the guys right. And that it matters a little less on FanDuel because on DraftKings, you pay the extra salary for the MVP or the captain. So putting a, a guy who is not as expensive in there, it, it's a little bit different. But Yeah, and I, I like Dwight Howard more than uh, McGee. Yeah, you figure they want his experience against like Jokic. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's basically it. I, just, I think Howard was you know, stuck on the bench against the Rockets. I don't think that'll be the case against Jokic. I think he'll get his... His 18 to 22 minutes. Do you, do you think there's anybody that is like viable that will be like a complete sleeper? Like if you want someone in your lineup, which is really tough, I'm going to show down slate. That is like 5% owned. Is it like Caruso? Like assume Rondo's in. Is it Danny Green? Is it like Monty Morris? Because we've seen Morris. I mean, Morris can have a good game. He plays. Um... I just don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, putting Danny Green in a utility spot, that's already like no one's doing that. Um, it, it's it is very tough. 
I, I mean, it's you'll be you'll be I think you'll be OK with Dwight Howard because the Dwight Howard JaVale people theoretically that gets split between people who are playing DFS. Right. Some people are going to go JaVale. Some people are going to go Dwight because they know Lakers are going big. So that already helps that you are picking one of the yeah. two. And if you go JaVale, then you can go Markeith Morris uh, instead of Porter. Like there are different options and different fits there. Uh, I No, I, I don't think with the single game slate and the. You know, we know the rotations of these two teams. There's a slight, slight adjustment with the Lakers just because they're coming off that rocket series where they went small, but everyone's going to be owned. It's almost like you take the risk and run out like a PJ, PJ Dozier and you hope that, you know, for whatever reason, <laughs> this is a guy who hasn't been playing, right? Like, you know, he did not play at all against the Clippers. Only made like two appearances against, or I'm sorry, only played in uh, one of the final four games against Utah. So he's basically out of the rotation now. It's almost like. Or like Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, I, I'm not even, I, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation no, now, that, the, now that they're playing the Nuggets. But a guy like Dozier is, you know, it's a blowout essentially. And he mm-hmm. gets, he gets 20 minutes because they're just garbage time minutes. It, it's, it's one of those guys who is really only playing because of garbage time. Or you just figured, given the salary minimums, you can just take like a minimum guy and then fill, stack the rest of your lineup yeah. in hopes that the four guys that you pick absolutely go nuts. But you're talking about like a 5% owned player. Like Morris is, Monte Morris is going to be owned. He's going to have, he's going he's gonna to have decent ownership number. Uh, you know, Caruso, same thing. He's yeah, people like Caruso. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, people like him. It's weird. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I want to, one last thing, uh, can we talked about the Lakers are seven point favorites here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this game? If we assume, I don't know if you want to assume you can call it however you want. If you want to assume Rondo's in, if you want to assume he's out either, who do you like to win this game or who do you like against the spread? Well, I definitely like the nuggets against the spread. If Rondo doesn't play, uh, I, 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 you have to keep just, the trigger finger ready on that on that right, plus seven. That's right. That just <laughs> because it's just not a very deep bench for uh, the Lakers. Already missing Navy Bradley, who wouldn't go to the bubble. So uh, that's probably the only words of wisdom I have. I'm a, I feel the same way. I like Nuggets plus seven either way, whether Rondo's in or not. But I think I would wait until he's either in or out to um, to hit that number. Do you feel the same way, Shane? We kind of talked about earlier. Nuggets plus seven. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah, that's the way I would go right now. I expect yeah. to be I expect it to be a pretty competitive series. As do I. Okay. Uh Ken, uh you have a you have an old man ran for us. Ah, isolation plays. I am so tired of isolation plays. Boston went ISO for like more than half of that fourth quarter in game one, cost them the game. I have hated watching Rockets games all season. I just find it so painfully boring to watch. Ah, there's my short rant on isolation plays. I feel the same way, man. Like, that's why I love the the Nuggets so much. And the Heat, the to some extent. Heat. Nuggets, Heat. Move like, the ball. So much yeah. better to watch. It's, it's winning it, I mean, basketball. It's winning basketball. As as ridiculous as it sounds, like even at the NBA level, people do not like to cut. People just yeah, don't want to cut. Work without the ball, people. 
Please. Like, it happens at your rec league. Nobody wants to cut. Everyone's standing around after 20 minutes. Happens in the NBA, too. Well, it's because we're old. We can't move very much. I mean, those are the plays being called. And, I mean, it's coaching. Those are the plays being called. That's players the can, Those are the offense they run. I, I'm in the saying, NBA, more so than, like, college players. They're like, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, that's just – it's hard to stop a player – if it's a good scorer, if it's a, a, a premium talent in the NBA, good luck stopping them from scoring. I mean, that's, that's why yeah, they run it. I, why, I agree. Yes. It's not it's not as fun to watch. I, I prefer to see something else. That's why, you know, Chris Middleton going ISO against the Orlando Magic <laughs> to make them win that series was not exciting. Shooting to watch. those fadeaway 18 not, footers, man. Not, not exciting. ESPN's all over it. OK, uh, mispronounced names. I think we got a. Siakam from you. There was from Shannon a body part Canadian player. Huh? I think your tailbone. Isn't that your Siakam? Oh, Oh, I don't know, man. I thought, (laughs) didn't you say Siakam? Yeah. No, that was Shannon. No, it was you, Ken. (laughs) Okay. I thought I heard it from Shannon. Check the tape. Everybody go back, re-download this podcast, and then listen to it again. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by Prediction Strike. That is promo code RotoWire. Ken, take us out of here. Let's go to Los Angeles. Uh, Some point last year, when Steve Ballmer was asked how he felt about his Clippers, he said, Look, if you told me you'd give me 80 billion bucks for the Clippers today, I would say no. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.